Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. And we're live from Lake Placid, New York. I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are making your life brighter with this special series, What It Takes to Be Great, Inside the Mind of an Olympic Athlete. And I am here with Brittany Reinbolt, who is an Olympic hopeful. She is an athlete in training in the U.S. women's bobsled, and she's actually a driver, used to be a brakeman, and she's going to explain to us that whole philosophy of what it takes to make that switch. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so I started off um, as a brakeman because it's really the best way to get plugged into the team. Um, just to come out, you could have a really quick success rate. So I came out, made the national team and within my first two weeks of pushing a sled and went on tour um, with the girls, just learning as much as I could, pushing the drivers, and literally learned something new every day. But I knew the whole time that I wanted to be a driver. I just felt it fit my personality better. But you, if you come straight in as a driver, it's you're coming in kind of blind, I should say. So I came in as a brakeman, kind of by the grace of God, it was like a miracle kind of a thing. Um, Knew I eventually wanted to be a driver, but was kind of just waiting for the time. And then in 2012, I had just completed my first season as a brakeman, a push athlete. And then the 2012 London Olympics just ended. And all of a sudden, a bunch of sprinters from the Olympics showed up for bobsled tryouts. And I was like, well, I think this is my time cool. to make the switch to the driver's seat. Just because I'm a big dreamer, but I'm a realistic dreamer. So I knew that my best opportunity of making an Olympic team would be as a driver. So that was my sign, and here I am. That's so amazing. <laughs> really, that's that's fun to watch this process. And in talking to all of you, one thing I'm taking away from every one of you is that you take opportunity and you use it. And you use it. I don't want to say to your advantage, but it is to your advantage, but it's realistic to your advantage. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you definitely have to be aware of what realistic opportunities are and what delusional opportunities are and pursue the realistic ones. And I'm definitely a big dreamer, but like I said, a realistic big dreamer. And uh, 
yeah, just kind of go for it and pursue as many opportunities as you can. And not all of them are going to work, but hopefully a couple do. <laughs> well, we, we need dreamers and we need realistic dreamers because it's our inspiration. So you, yeah. you all are an inspiration to all of us that get to cheer you on from, from home. And so we're going to cross our fingers that you're there and that we're cheering you on after all this hard work because this is an amazing endeavor that you're doing. Amazing. Now, you have a background in football and you are a flight instructor. So tell us how this progressed into to all of this for you. Well, when I was, I guess like kind of my life story of getting into bobsled is I've always wanted to like be an Olympian. Like I see the Olympics on TV just like everyone else and I'm inspired and I'm like, I have to do that. But for me, it was a matter of finding the right sport because I was playing sports my whole life and I was cut from the basketball team in seventh grade. Like, I'm like, well, I'm not a basketball player. Like, was horrible at softball. Had no hand coordination to hit it. Um, And then found a lot of success in track, but it was never gonna be like world-class level in that. So saw bobsled on TV and I was like, man, that has my background in track. And then by, I was into flying planes. um, And I'm like, man, it's like, could push a sled, I could navigate it down, like I'm flying a plane, bobsled would be the perfect fit. Um, and so that's kind of how How do you know that? Yeah. I mean, how do you really know that? I, it's got to be something inside of yeah, you that says... I would say it's like a calling from God, I guess. <laughs> do you believe in God? I do. Yeah, I do. So and, I, am I allowed to talk about that yeah. on the podcast? <laughs> do you, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, no. It's about what drives you. And, yeah. And, and do you actually pray before you do your your races? Definitely. I think it's more than just like praying before I do my races. It's like praying while I'm doing my races. Okay. Like I have yeah. no idea. Bobsled is insane. And if I didn't feel like God was like with me as I was going down the track, I honestly don't know how people do this sport without like a relationship with Christ because it is insane what we do. And keeps me alive and sane through the chaos. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. No, really, that that's fascinating to me. And so do you go into a moment of kind of, I don't want to say transcendental kind of space, but when you're in that and you're driving, you have to be not only on, but you like I was talking with Nick Cunningham and you have to let go. How do you let go and allow, let's say, God to drive? Yeah, so it's really crazy. Um, that 60 seconds when you're going down the bobsled track at 90 miles an hour, sometimes my best runs are when everything feels like it's in slow motion. And I just kind of like feel like almost possessed by something in a weird way. And everything just kind of freezes and you're in like this weird moment and everything's just calm in the midst of all the chaos. And yeah, I think it's definitely for me a God thing. And that's why I feel closest to him actually. Really? Is yeah, the calm in the midst of chaos. Your your brake people are grateful. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> for they that are. for that philosophy. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Do you but, when when you made that transition though, uh-huh. how did you feel sitting in the back? And how do you feel sitting in the front? as the differential so I actually learned that I'm somewhat of like an OCD control freak through bobsled because when I was in the back it I was learning a lot and it was an awesome experience but with my life being in someone else's hands was like the worst thing ever and it's so <laughs> violent in the back seat really? so violent um yeah and you're not I, you you seem small to me in the way that you know you seem delicate that's the way I oh, want to yeah. say it you're probably not delicate and and you probably have all the strength in the world it's just that you seem that way that would seem you would seems more fitting that you're a driver yeah yeah I guess I am actually probably the smallest girl on the team so 
I feel like it's kind of like a, I don't know, David and Goliath type thing. Here I am. Yeah. <laughs> Underdog, but it's all good. <laughs> but I'm the pilot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but being in the front is so much better. Like, I'm so much calmer when I'm in control. I have the D-rings in my hand, and I'm kind of in control of my own destiny, so, in a way. <laughs> and, and the responsibility for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, well, I goes like flying planes as well. I guess I kind of skipped over that. Like... I feel like I strive under pressure like that with the responsibility of, okay, when I'm flying a plane, I have people's lives in my hands. Or when I'm uh, driving a bobsled, I, I take a lot of like pride in the responsibility, I guess, of taking care of someone else. So, What do you like most about it? What, what is satisfying to you in doing that? Um, actually, I think this is kind of random, but I love... Just like being able to somehow be used to change people's lives. And like when people come out and they've never bobsled before and I get to be like their first trip and like it's like, okay, their life is in my hands and I just gave them their first ride ever down a bobsled, like something they're never going to forget. Uh, it's really cool for me. Like, oh, I like, you want to take me? Yeah. <laughs> I do actually. You I go? do, I do. We can, we can, we can hopefully arrange that. I really want to. Yeah. No, I, I, I trust that. Awesome. Yeah, you're more than welcome to come. Cool. Well, you know, how do you learn something like that? And I'm asking people because we're looking at the idea that this is limited in practice. Mm -hmm. Now you have to visualize or in your case, pray or carry that through. You're carrying an energy through, you're carrying something. So what are you carrying? How do you make that happen for you? Um, yeah, like you said, it's mainly a lot of visualization. And when you're first learning to drive a sled, you start the lower starts and kind of work your way up. And there's definitely some crashing involved and you gotta get back up and jump back on the horse and go down again. But I, don't know, I feel like drivers have a certain personality and you could, it's just kind of something you're born with, I feel like, honestly, especially in this sport because there's no way to try it beforehand. You just gotta get in a sled have someone yeah. push you down the mountain and it's like on a see. toboggan but only only a yeah. little little sketchier yeah. in the ice and you know exactly you see what you're made of real quick yeah so. <laughs> you, you all seem like you have this unspoken word underneath everything saying I got this yeah yeah and I think for me that's all everything goes back to Jesus like I feel like he's like he's the one that brought me here so somehow even when I don't see it there's a purpose in me being here and me making it down that track so that's it, what I roll with. What do you... I, I love that. And you're so bright. You're so oh, happy. <laughs> what is it that you feel in terms of the other athletes in the world as you compete with different people and you sort of recognize one another? What do you see similarly in them that you have or vice versa? Um, it's actually really cool because bobsled is actually a really small sport. So we're on tour with all the nations and all the countries and we all become like one big family because we're together all winter but I think bobsledders are definitely a different breed of people and there's just something inside of them like <laughs> relentless pursuit of that Olympic dream that just keeps people going and going and going well it's so, really fun to yeah. watch and it's it's exciting because you know it's in that first little bit and then you're really hoping and you're really hoping okay make that turn make that turn yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally. it's like Woo, <laughs> so yeah. we're with you on awesome. that journey always and can you feel that can you feel a collective energy when you do this yes i definitely could not have got this far without like the support of everyone i know like back home and all that stuff like it's not just me out there when i get in that sled it's the support of my family friends everyone that's cheering me on um, and that keeps me going for sure. And I think every athlete has their own little support group. And 
without that, people just wouldn't be able to keep going. And it, at the end of the day, what is this for you? Let's say that you do make the team, you win gold, you bring it home. What does that? What then? Like, what is this at the end? Yeah, that's a great question that I kind of am pondering and ask myself every day because the reality is that. We have 20 girls out here right now, and only six are going to make the Olympic team. But every single person has dedicated their entire life and sacrificed so much to be here. But the reality is, not everyone's going to make it. So I try to, not that I'm not trying to get the gold medal, because that's definitely the goal. But I try to look at the bigger picture and have purpose in like my daily actions and pursuits, so that even if I don't make it to the Olympics. I could at least look back and say, man, though that time I spent in bobsled was worth it. The journey was worth it regardless. So, so. once this career in bobsled is over, medal or not, what then? Great question. Um, maybe, I definitely want to go back to playing football a little bit. Really? Just, yeah. Um, at least like I can't one see game. you as a football player unless know, you're a quarterback. I, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I like to run the ball a That's lot. Amazing. So, yeah. I want to go back, play a little football. I need to score at least one more touchdown. Um, and then <laughs> the big question is whether I go back to coaching or flying. Ah. And maybe there's some way I could do a little combination of both working at a university or something like that. But yeah, I'm either want to be a coach or go to the airlines or be some kind of stunt pilot or something along those lines. I could see that. <laughs> I could definitely see that. No, really, because it does take a certain mindset and, and mm -hmm. for you to anchor it in. So how do you keep your balance within what you do? Um, Great question. I mean, I honestly, sorry that I keep coming back to this, but it's God. Like, that's the only way I could keep balance in my life. Because when I forget about him or, like, neglect him, everything goes so is that what, that your whole focus in the day around this and then everything syncs up to that? It should. I'm not saying it always does, but that's my goal. Um, so, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody has a different way of, of approaching this, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm interested in finding out for, for everyone. Yeah. Like, what drives all of you? Yeah. And how do you come to this place? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you all have to endeavor the same thing, mm -hmm. and it's the same test. Exactly. But how do you handle that test, and how do you get there? Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's definitely realizing that an Olympic gold medal would be awesome and amazing, and even just getting to the Olympics would be huge. But at the end of the day, like, someday I'm going to die, and that's not going to mean anything. And there's so many athletes that I have, like, seen firsthand that have actually have Olympic gold medals. They've won the Olympics, and they're the most depressed people because they've accomplished it, and now they're like, what's next? Interesting. Like, they have nothing more to live for. They thought that it was going to solve all their problems, and it doesn't. At the end of the day, they're still human. So I just try to have, like, a bigger picture and, yeah, try to... Just God, God first. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Greater Radio in Lake Placid, New York. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet.
planet, people often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the elephant care center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. You can find us on Facebook at Making Life Brighter. And we are here live in Lake Placid, New York. And we're with Brittany Reinbolt, who is part of the U.S. Women's Bobsled. And she is a driver of all things, uh, a previous pilot, well, always a pilot. She's now just a bobsled pilot <laughs> at the moment, focusing intently on her Olympic dreams. And so we've been talking to her about what drives her, and she was talking about how it's God first. It's it's her relationship with Christ that makes her motivated and stay balanced. So what I'm interested in is technicality now. Here you are going 95 miles an hour down an ice track, an ice chute in this vehicle and any small thing can change the game. So you have to learn to a very um, quick sync, you know? And how do you come to learn? How do you personally learn things as you go? For me, it's obviously like a lot of repetition and muscle memory and uh, a lot of video review. Video review for me is everything. If I could see it, then I could kind of make adjustments from there more than just feeling it. I guess I'm a visual learner. But I think the best thing, like advice I give or thing that's been most successful for me in being able to master this stuff is I think you get to some point, and it's the difference between I see people that make it and don't make it in this sport, is the people that come in and they just kind of rely on other people to do it for them, or, oh, they're the coach, it's their job to tell me what to do, Um, or, oh, I'll let them kind of do, I'll just kind of follow that driver and see how they do things, Um, but I think those people are never going to make it in this sport. If you come in and you're like, I need to make this my own, yes, I need to take advice from the coaches, yes, I need to take advice from the teammates um, and use my resources. But at the end of the day, this is my job and my task and my responsibility, and I need to take 
the brunt of the work to be original and find out what works for me and that's different for every single person but I'd say like making it your own and really investing as if you're your own coach so it's taking point. responsibility for the outcome right from the get-go yes. essentially yes and, eventually and, and how you're added, yeah how does that translate for your um, teammates how do you translate that concept and the ideas that you have for winning to them um yeah for teammates like I think we have a lot of that in the sport. There's a lot of like self-drive and just inward motivation. I think if you have any elite athlete, they're going to have that within them. Um, but yeah, I definitely like all of us kind of work together and I'm definitely, especially with my brakeman, I want to help them as much as possible. But I let them know at the end of the day, you need to go to the push check by yourself. You need to kind of just take some time and figure out like some solo time and just make this your own kind of a thing. You know, it seems... I haven't used this word yet in these interviews, but confidence is what you're kind of exuding confidence. I've got this. I, I, I can do this because I want to do this. And that's not to say all of you don't have that, but it's, it's that energy. Let's talk about confidence a little bit. What does that mean to you from the inside out? Yeah, uh, confidence, this sport will either make you or break you in regards to that. Um, but yeah, I think especially for me like I have to there this sport has a way of not believing in you at times and so if you don't believe in yourself no one's gonna believe in you so you definitely have to kind of own it and go after it and just coming back to the Jesus thing a lot of times whenever I don't think that I could do something I just remember that he can so maybe I'm not strong enough to lift I don't know 250 pounds but somehow God could possess me and give me the energy to do this or and that's that's kind of like a crazy example but just well, like, no, it makes sense yeah. especially with your body type it yeah makes sense or just like that. things like man there is no way I can make the national team like there's just too many things that would have to happen for it to happen and then all of a sudden boom it happens like only God could orchestrate that scene of events kind of a thing. Yeah, so, it's yeah. not just self-motivation. It's it's kind of a cross between a higher calling and your motivation combined. Is exactly. That, yes, definitely. Right? Definitely, for sure. What what makes you happy? Um, <laughs> I think Jesus <laughs> makes me happy. Uh, I don't know. There's a difference between happiness and joy. You're right. And... Good things make me happy. I like to eat candy sometimes, and that makes me happy when I get to cheat on my diet. Um, oh, good. I have some chocolate for yeah. you right here when we're done. <laughs> Winning races makes me happy. Um, having a good day sliding when no one gets hurt makes me happy. But, like, at the end of the day, things aren't always going to make you happy, and things aren't always going to go your way. And it's being able to somehow find that joy within the hard times that... I think it's important in life. I think that's such a great point because you're right. Joy is a totally different chemistry than happiness. Yeah. And people put it all together in one. Yeah. And it's not always that. Yeah. It's joy is more of a grounded, uh, I would call it that energy you're talking about when you go down the track and you lose yourself in it and you're in it. Would Definitely. You, would you agree? Yeah, because when good things happen, it's easy to be happy. Yeah, it's a high uh, and low. Yeah, kind of. yeah. But when, I mean, when bad things happen, I get really upset. Like, every single one of my teammates has seen me, like, break down in tears and cry whenever things don't go my way. Um, and I think they should. But at the same time, like... Even in that, I'm able to go in the cafeteria and put a smile on my face and have a good conversation just about life in general with my teammates because 
there's joy still. How do you pick yourself up after one of those moments? Oh, great question. Because <laughs> this sport is definitely has its ways of breaking me um, to the point where, yeah, I didn't know how I was going to keep going, but then somehow God will just like throw me a little reminder like, hey, I think you, like, oh no, I'm broke, I'm out of money. And then all of a sudden a sponsor comes through and is like, hey, here's this much money, go bobsled again. So God just always keeps throwing little things at me to keep me going back and I don't know. <laughs> You, you just follow along and just yeah, keep, yeah. keep going. So what's the thing that you like the most outside of bobsled? What, what are you passionate about besides flying, for example? Um, I really, so I like flying planes. I just like sports in general. And then I, for some reason, there's something inside of me that just likes pouring into kids. Um, like, I just want to be a good role model. And I think that's kind of another purpose of mine through this is just to use it as a platform to hopefully influence and motivate others. And so hopefully this podcast could even do that as well. But yeah, just, I used to be a high school basketball coach and that like changed my life. Just being How? with those girls every day and almost being like a mom to them. And yeah, we were playing basketball, but it was about the bigger picture, like teaching them how to be successful women and successful members of society someday. Kind of shaping them and and inspiring them to to be their archetype. Yeah, exactly. Would you say that you're striving toward an archetype in this? Define archetype. Like a higher higher potential of your spirit, like an actual, you know, you're maximizing what oh, you're doing great question. In all so of- great question um i would say no actually because i don't think that there's anything that's the joy of jesus like there's nothing i could do to be to make him love me more or to make him love me less so no matter what i do he still loves me so i could come out and do a million good deeds and it doesn't matter because he still loves me or i but that's a good thing because when i mess up and accidentally say something bad to someone or accidentally offend someone or maybe even accidentally on purpose offend him he still loves me so i would say no it's just about kind of all of this stuff is a reaction to my love for jesus and his love for me more than striving to earn his love interesting yeah yeah yeah, interesting yeah (laughs) so when you're actually driving Mm -hmm. do you feel the people behind you and can you sense their energy do you become empathic to your team yes it's crazy because there is like nothing scientific or sports science related to prove this but certain drivers slide faster with different brakemen in their sled so i don't know it's weird like sometimes you just have chemistry with someone do you feel them do you you can't feel their body in two man and four man sometimes you actually physically feel them uh but two man you can't physically feel them but you could yeah energetically there's definitely something there that's supernatural that i can't explain when you have like a sister in the back with you kind of a thing yeah (laughs) you you guys kind of have to be one Mm -hmm. you have to come together as one exactly and how do they feel about all this your your teammates currently how do they approach the same philosophy yeah well everyone has different different philosophies and different ways of attacking life but uh yeah most people yeah you just kind of find just spending time together and traveling together you just kind of definitely have to get like your good vibes going with so each what's, other. So what's one of your defining moments in doing this? 
In bobsled or yes, with teammates? In bobsled. Ooh, defining moments. I would say. Wait, let's. Uh, what's what's one of your <laughs> what's one of your defining moments in being in the back and then being in the front? Okay, sweet. So my defining moment as a push athlete was definitely just making the team right off the bat because it wasn't supposed to happen. I was absolutely awful when I came out to the sport. <laughs> it was literally a miracle that I made the national team. Like literally, like I can take no credit for it. Um, it was an act of God that I made the national team. So that was my defining moment. And then I got to go bobsled around Europe for six months with my new friends. Like that was awesome. Uh, and then my defining moment as a driver was probably doing four women bobsled. Um, so I actually, it's, we're still kind of pioneering moving forward and got three girls to push me and we raced against the guys and it was one of the first times it happened, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. And what was that like? And, and what happened when you raced against the guys? Oh, we got last place, but it was uh, <laughs> more about paving a way for future women. Yeah. And we're still trying to do that. And just the camaraderie, uh, camaraderie of the team coming together was totally different than two men. Because I just have one girl, you have three girls. And for them to say, hey, a lot of people thought I was crazy. Like, Brittany's trying to do a four-man or four-woman, like whatever like that's not an olympic sport that nothing could happen to that but for these girls to be like no we got your back let's do this let's help make history like it was awesome that is so cool so yeah. what's the goal now besides uh, the olympics obviously yeah i would the goal current goal is we're in the middle of u.s national team trials so hopefully just make the national team and what time do you need to make i we just have to place a certain place amongst the drivers so for the you, dri what time do you need to make um, it's actually there's not a specific time. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, you just have to place top three at amongst four races. So you get we have four races. You get different points for each race, and they kind of combine. And whoever comes out top three makes the national team. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking to Brittany Reinbold, and we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the elephant care center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're here in Lake Placid, New York, and we are talking with Brittany Reinbold, and she's a driver for the U.S. Women's Bobsled Team, and we're talking to her about the ins and outs of her philosophy as well as what drives her to do something like this and how she actually approaches these amazing runs and what it takes to be an athlete like this for years on end to get to one moment in time. And so tell us what it takes to get to one moment in time. Is it is it looking at each individual moment and then, or the long-term goal? What is it? How do you approach that? Yeah, it's definitely a combination of long-term and short-term goals. Like every athlete has a big long-term goal and then it's divided up into several short-term goals, like little building blocks along the way. But you definitely have to have a plan. You can't go through life blind and aimlessly. You definitely have a plan and a purpose in everything you do. Um, and go from there. Whether every we every four weeks we have a specific training plan that we kind of go through. That's a part of the whole bigger four year plan. And how do you stick to that? What if you deviate? What happens? Well, deviations do happen because let's say you pop a hamstring or yeah. something like that. So you definitely have to adjust, adapt, and just win. <laughs> I think that's a quote from the Oakland Raiders coach somewhere. <laughs> Winning. That's it. Yeah. But, Winning isn't necessarily winning a race. In this case, it is. But what does winning really mean overall to you, personally? Yeah, that's a kind of, I think, a hot topic just in sports in general right now because at the end of the day, one person wins. Um, and not everyone could win. And I don't want to sugarcoat things. And I'm not into, like, participation awards. Like, oh, everyone raced today. Good job. Everyone gets a trophy. Like, that's probably not the best approach, but at the same time, you can't beat yourself up if you don't win every single time. Like within my, this is gonna be my sixth year, and I've only actually won two races in the entire, like two first places in the entire six years. So you can't make that the only thing, um, but it definitely is what drives you and keeps you going. Yeah, it's so, like that one defining moment again. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the goal that you're, you're focused on over and over again. Definitely, definitely. So what brings you back to staying focused on the goal? The plan, the four-week plan, or a day-by-day? It's definitely day-by-day. If you start to look at the big picture, it could get really overwhelming. Um, So I think everyone in this training center would be silly if their goal wasn't the Olympic gold medal. But um, if we all look at that, and we're going to just get overwhelmed. So we all have our own daily goals that we have to strive to and achieve and everyone's plan looks different so yeah let me ask you specifically what have you learned from your the drivers that you were with like what did you take away from that that you can not only apply but improve upon yeah so when I was a brakeman I was pretty fortunate because I was on uh, the World Cup tour basically as an alternate, but I just took it as a whole learning experience and knew my role was to kind of help them and learn from them. So I wasn't like upset that I wasn't racing, but I was with three Olympic pilots. So just to be kind of, even if I'm just taking runs with them and training, I'm learning how to take care of runners, how to take care of the sled, how to just 
I wasn't an elite athlete at that time. I came off of coaching high school basketball. So I was into sports and new stuff, but not at the elite level. So just how to, this lifestyle is totally different and just kind of learned everything that first year from what it takes to eat healthy, how to run properly, and how to be a bobsledder. Who teaches you that specifically once you're in it? Once you, you say, okay, we're in, we go. How, how does that come about? Yeah, it's kind of like baptism by fire in this sport. Like, uh, <laughs> as a brakeman, you just gotta pick it up and pick it up quick because one second you're the average Joe on the street and the next year you're pushing with the best. It's literally crazy. This is probably the only sport in the world that I know of that can happen. So, Well, yeah. that's rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's super rewarding. So, But you just really have to be a quick learner and able to adjust to anything. So what's your favorite food? Ooh, um, I I always say my favorite food is anything you could get from a concession stand. Like, really? Think, like professional baseball game. Like <laughs> I just want to be like at Dodger Stadium with a Dodger dog or like some nachos or something. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. But yeah. what is the food that you value the most for your sport? Oh, these are bad questions because I have to admit my diet's the worst on the team. <laughs> no, go ahead. go ahead and admit it because we want to know what, what that is while you still perform at that level. Yeah, uh, so my diet is definitely the worst on the team and definitely maybe my weak spot. But I feel like I need some freedom somewhere. Like my training is so regimented and I have to, if I have everything so regimented, it kind of becomes overwhelming. So I just kind of monitor my body fat percentage and make sure I'm staying lean, staying fast, and kind of make sure I'm getting all the calories and vitamins and nutrition I need. But on top of that, if I want to have ice cream, I'll have ice cream. If I mean, I might drive through Taco Bell's drive through <laughs> So that's your balance. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's your I'm relief not, valve. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, you know, um, I think it was Savannah when we interviewed Savannah. She was talking about how she likes coffee and she drinks coffee. And I was thinking it would be something that would dehydrate you. And everybody's so worried about hydration. And so, but I think what's coming through that's so neat is that you're all normal. Oh, yeah. You're extraordinary, uh-huh. but you're normal. Yeah, and I tell it to people all the time, like, I am just like everyone else out there. I'm just happen to be fortunate enough to chase my dream as a bobsledder, but that doesn't make me different from someone who's just a mom at home, like, taking care of three kids or a doctor that's taking care of patients. Like, I'm no less extraordinary than anyone else. Like, God calls everyone to something different, and he calls us all to be extraordinary in our average lives, and that's it's just about finding whatever it is that you're doing and make a way to make it extraordinary and that's one way to look at this and and I'll go with that but considering the fact that you're in the top one percentile or half a percentile of people as athletes and that ever get to do this how would you say you're extraordinary in that way what what makes that different I think it's definitely like an inward drive and motivation. That it's something that really can't be taught. Um, and every coach will tell you that they'll take someone that has that inward drive and inward motivation and that uh, just overall mentality and persistence than someone who maybe has all the talent in the world but could care less about maximizing their potential. So I think it's definitely an inward drive. and. I think my coaches would even tell you that about me. Like, actually, I had a conversation today with one who's like, man, yeah, you just don't give up. Like, you keep proving us wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's something to take in some an energy or an experience and then transmute it. Mm-hmm. And you're taking in 
what you're saying is you're improving, you're improving, you might get set back a little bit and then you're improving again and, and you're going after this very precise goal. Yeah. How do you keep yourself motivated to do that each time over and over again? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have a firm answer for again other than God because honestly, like I would have given up bobsled a long time ago if I feel like God didn't somehow have a purpose for me in this. Um, so that's what it all comes back to for me. That's my inward motivation. Like God called me here, so I'm going to keep going. It's your full. job right now by by decree, in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is my job in the sense that it's, I mean, I'm getting paid, but it's my number one your priority. vocation. Yeah, I'm a number one priority in life right now, so yeah. That's it. You know, when I do healing work with people, the one thing that has an impact between living or dying has to do with overcoming somebody's ego. And that literally is the balance sometimes of life or death. And so something that I bring up often with people is about how our ego can be a liar to us within. In this type of thing, you can't stand for that. So how do you see like an internal, if something is sort of like you were using the word delusional in the beginning, when things get a little delusional, how do you correct that and say no and discipline yourself back to a reality that you stick to and adhere to? Because if you're suggested, you know, in some way, like, oh, that's great. No, that's really not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I think it's understanding, like, what your original purpose is and sticking to that. So, like, I'm well aware that my purpose in life may unfortunately not be to win a gold medal but I'm still striving for that but whenever like things come at me or I think like the enemy like Satan is trying to trick me or attack me or lie to me then I have to combat that somehow with like truth of what really matters in life so kind of back to what we were originally saying like my purpose in life is to glorify God and bobsled is just a means that he's currently provided me with to do that and so my purpose of glorifying him should flow out of this opportunity in bobsled so yeah that's inspiring that's really really interesting because you know some people are kind of deluded in what they do and I'm talking about anything not not sportsmen or other people I mean everything we we live in a world of testing so how are you tested within this and then and then how do you literally stop and come out of it yeah so I'm I think the sport tests me every day like at this sport I'm definitely whenever I leave I'm a stronger person because of the tests and stuff that I go through in this sport um, so like right now to say an example like I was a little frustrated because I am not gonna be racing in the sled that I wanted for team trials so it's like man I feel like somehow the enemy's lying to me like, you're not good enough to be here. What are you doing here? You don't have that sled. What's As your... if the sled is the only it's thing that exactly, matters. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Like, you don't have the sled, so you're going to lose. You're getting last place. But I just have to remember, like, no, that's not the point. Like, I can still go out there and use the resources I have to do the best I can and then just see what happens through that. And how do you apply yourself within that? specifically how do you say I'm now gonna do this what do you say to yourself um, I just try to look at other motivating factors like I'm like okay maybe um, I don't have a sled maybe my result won't will or won't be 
how I desire to, but I could still help other people. Like my brakemen are still trying to make the national team too. So I have to go 150%, otherwise I'm hindering their, them and their potential and their ability. There's no place for I in that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like I've still, there's girls, every girl is pushing with me. I want to see them on that national team. Cause that means that even if I don't make it, I've helped them make it in a way. That's so. so amazing. We'll be right back. We're going to speak more with Brittany Reinbold right now. And we're looking at the bobsled track out there behind us. What do we call that specifically? Because it's not on ice. It's the run, running yeah, track. Yeah, that's the push track. So the it's a bobsled track. on wheels where you can practice getting faster in the summer when the ice is melted. <laughs> and it doesn't look easy, I have to say. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the Elephant Care Center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series Live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're here, you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. We're here live at Lake Placid with Brittany Reinbolt. And I want to know why you slide. I think the main reason I slide is because for some reason, I kind of touched on it before, but ever since I've been little, like everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the only answer I've ever really had is a professional athlete. And so this is kind of living the dream I've always wanted. And so that's it. This lifestyle is addicting and I love it and I hate it some <laughs> days, but just overall, it's awesome. And just that 60 seconds when you're going down the ice is literally, you can't put it into words. It's amazing. It's, and it's like, the deepest spiritual closest to God experience I have and 
that's what keeps me going. Can you imagine yourself on the podium and receiving a medal? Do you do that? Do you all visualize that moment? I think we do. I think mostly everyone does, and I think that uh, we no one would be here if they didn't. So, yeah. I realize it's a goal that you keep, but how you play that goal over and over again. You know, you hear about, like, great singers or somebody that has a, a, a movie actress or an actor or somebody, and they say, I always thought, I always saw myself. And have you always seen yourself? I've always seen myself doing what I'm doing now in a sense that I'm competing full-time and kind of, like, living life with other athletes. Um, and... Yeah, I hope that it turns out for the best, but... Uh, <laughs> We're going to hope, too. And what do you think is the thing that limits you right now from that goal? If you could work on something and it's going to change, what's the limit? I, ooh, um, <laughs> don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, I think the biggest limit right now for me is, at least I perceive, that maybe others don't necessarily believe in me as much as I believe in myself, or they don't see in me what I see in me. So they see me as the smallest girl on the team, maybe not the strongest girl on the team, maybe not the fastest girl on the team. So they, people like to look at you for what you can't do, but you could see what you can do, and no one else could see that. So I think just kind of breaking down the barriers and showing other people that you aren't the person that they put in this little box. Like, you're more than that. Like, I'm Brittany Reinbold, and I'm not defined by my sprint times, how fast I push a bobsled, what bobsled I'm in, or who I'm racing with. Like, that doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I'm defined by so much more than that. And it's... And to break down their belief systems yeah. that maybe are holding you in that space. Exactly. Instead of letting you fly free to do what exactly, you do. Exactly, exactly. Hence the pilot in you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, okay, so here's a segue question. If you could fly any airplane, what would it be? Ooh, uh, ever since I've been like in flight school, when I was little, I've all, not when I was little, I started flying my freshman year of college. And uh, I've always, for some reason, wanted to be a fighter pilot, and I've always loved... I was going to say a MiG. That's yeah, what I was yeah, going to yeah. say. So like, we were in my college, all the guys wanted to be like airline pilots or corporate pilots, and we all had these little flight jackets with these patches on, and I got an F-16 put on mine, even though I didn't go to the Air Force, so I'm probably never going to... Have you ever been in one? I haven't. My, that's actually one of my reasons I want to get to the Olympics is because I could go on like some passenger celebrity flight and uh. get up with the Air Force. <laughs> Nick Cunningham went with the Thunderbirds. We talk about it all the time. I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, maybe you will. Maybe yeah, you will. Hopefully. We'll hold out for that as well. Definitely. So where can people find you on social media? Ooh, good question. I'm on Twitter a little bit. I think it's at B Reinbolt. Instagram's my jam. Go there, at Reinbolt <laughs> underscore USA. And then I have an athlete page on Facebook, Brittany Reinbolt. Right on. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty funny talking about the pilot thing. Uh, whenever I first started driving bobsleds, I pretended that I was a fighter pilot. And I still do sometimes. We get to wear like a nose guard that makes us look like we have like our oxygen masks on. And then we're like get, feeling all the G's. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> What's it like to feel a G like that? Or m multiple G's? Because you're feeling them as you go around. Yeah, good question. Um, in bobsled, we actually pull some pretty intense G's, but they happen so quick. It's only like literally a split second that you're really like on the curve feeling the G's and then you're out of it. So the How way do you drive when you're doing that? Um, the way that the, the brakemen really feel the G's because their head's between their knees and it just gets pushed. You get pushed as a brakeman into positions you'd never be able to get in without the G-forces. But as a driver, you're kind of like reclined and sitting back so the G-forces don't really affect you as much and you can stay sane. But how can you drive when that's 
pushing on you? I, I really can't explain how that happens. It just does. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, since you need kind of an act of God around you to make this happen safely over and over again. Yes. It's curious to me, since you're such a believer in Jesus, I'm sure that you believe in different saints. What are the saints you call upon? Ooh, um, this is a conversation I actually had with someone yesterday. And I believe that the Bible defines a saint as a believer in Christ. So if you look at some of the books in the New Testament, the Bible has Old Testament, New Testament, and it's set up into different books. Uh, Paul, for example, was a dude around the time of Jesus, a little after, and he wrote a lot of letters to people, and he always addressed those letters to, like, the church in Laodicea, or to the church in Corinth, and he, but he would say, to the saints. So I mean, he addressed his letters to the saints, as if they were real people that he was writing to that believed in Jesus. So... I believe there's a lot of saints, and I actually believe I'm one of them. If people disagree with that, that's fine, but I think it's really biblical, and I would say I'm a saint, and I think all other believers in Christ are saints, and yes, like the Catholic Church that has made saints, those are good people. Mother Teresa, I think, just became a saint. Awesome person. I actually compare my sister to her, like, but I think she was a saint before the Catholic Church made her a saint. I think God's definition is a little different than what we've kind of adopted within our society. Very cool. Do you believe in call on the other saints that people typically know? Like Saint, you know, Rita or, or you know, like Mother Mary or or Saint Francis Javier or those yeah. saints? Um, I actually n n don't, I would say. I do believe that when they were alive, they were living for Christ and they were living for Jesus and their life reflected the life of a saint at that time. But I think at the end of the day, they were just a human like me and like you and like everyone else. And so me believing that I'm a saint when I die, I think I'm going to be in heaven partying with Jesus. I don't think that anyone can necessarily pray to me and I could perform a miracle to them. I think that is the whole purpose of Jesus. God sent his son to be the high priest over everything and so we have that awesome opportunity to go straight to God so I don't necessarily need to pray to Mary even though awesome person like holy cow she gave birth to Jesus amazing but I could just go straight to her son Jesus and I don't have to go through the middleman in terms of how you perform and what you need to do to stay at that peak performance what is it that like the top three things that you keep an eye on I think it's definitely discipline. Uh, no one in this training center misses a workout. No one gets less than eight hours of sleep a night. No one, just the little things all add up to be really big things. So it's discipline and the small things. And that's huge in this sport and really can make or break someone. Um, discipline, persistence, because sometimes you might have a bad year. And it's just about coming out and persevering and keep going. Uh, even when maybe things don't go your way. And uh, do the other athletes encourage you continually, even if it's not going your way? Does everyone say, hey, you know, it's okay, come on? Yeah. Or is it competitive enough that you kind of have to hold yeah, your own? This is a, this is a brutal sport. It's kind of like the Hunger Games. I mean, you <laughs> are best friends with people, and you're thrown into the ring against them. This is reality um, TV. It really is. <laughs> so that is actually probably the biggest struggle for me. Like, I can almost come to tears just talking about it. Like, my best friends I'm competing against, and at the end of the day, someone gets beat. So like, it's like every, even when you win, like team trials, like 
We're not going against other countries. So we're going against people that you live and train with and eat with and sleep next to in the dorm room. Like, this is your family. And at the end of the day, someone's going to be heartbroken. Wow, that's yeah. intense. And But really, at the end of the day, it's you against you. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing. If You go out there and do the best you can, and it is what it is. What's the one thing in your life that makes your life brighter? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think we knew that answer. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was unfair. Wait, yeah. let me find another good quote. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, this has been a real delight. I mean, your energy and your effervescence is so sweet, and I'm so delighted, and I'm excited for you all the way along. This is really cool. So if people want to contact you, again, they can find you on social media and Instagram. That's your number one place to go. Yes, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you can send messages on there, post on the wall, um, Instagram. I love Instagram. Twitter is also good. You can have a direct conversation through that. Very good. Brittany Reinbolt right here in Lake Placid, U.S. Women's Bobsled. Woohoo! Thank you for listening. Go Jolly, everybody. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.